I'm Susie Anetta, Editor-in-Chief of Design Anthology. And in today's episode of the podcast, I'm talking with Kate Cho and Daniel Song of Integ, who are joining me on the line today from their studio in Seoul. Thank you, Kate and Daniel, for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much, Susie. It's great to be talking to you again. I think the last time that I saw you was in Seoul in 2019, and that really feels like such a long time ago now. Um, so I, I wouldn't. I would like to start the conversation uh, at an even earlier date than that. Actually, going back to perhaps your childhoods, even, and asking you both if you remember when you first realised that you wanted to be designers or architects or create, uh, be creative and follow a creative path, do you remember a specific moment when that thought came to you? Um, for me, I think, I think I've been always around the um, field of art and design since I was very young because, first of all, my mother was an interior designer and she was running her own studio in, in Korea. And I remember she would bring me with her for her business trips. And I used to spend a lot of time with her um, designers and stuff in her office while she was in the meeting. And I was like playing around with the drawing tools and interior samples and finishes in the office. And sometimes I watched and filmed the spaces that she designed. I think um, it naturally happened for me. I thought I would follow her path and become a designer like her when I grew up. And even more naturally, I started painting and drawing things I saw. And I think that made me become very observant of things around me. And like lighting coming through the window and creating, that creates a lot of like bright sides and dark side and was wondering all those ambience could give you different emotions and effects on how I would behave and spend time in the space. And it was very exciting to realize that even I could be the someone who can create those kind of ambience or the spaces by designing. And like every architect would have been thought for a while and even until now, I was fascinated by how different characteristics of light could play in the space. It sometimes dissolves into the texture of materials, and I used in the I used the colors on the wall, and when the light hits the surface, then it suddenly changes the colors and hues, and even when the light hits the different shapes of the geometry of the space. And with light, you can create the dramatic boundaries and sometimes blur the boundaries. And it's always been a great inspiration for me to envision and design a space when I work with the light. Oh, yeah. In my case, yes, in my case, it's long times of a story. Uh, I remember when I was seven, it might be eight, 
So my parents were building a new house for family. So I remember uh, we would stop by the site every day and my father and I would spend a lot of time there imagining uh, about what would it be like to be uh, live there when the construction is done. So he would tell us where my room would be and ask me all those questions like what I want uh, in the space and my mom would like this room to become. So I guess it was my first encounter of notions of architecture or the uh, act of making architecture. So from my memory, entire process was very pleasurable experience. I was definitely not an architect back then, uh, but that was the first moments when I was uh, acting like an architect and uh, thinking like an architect and I enjoyed a lot the time. So, so at the time, I didn't know the Tom's word uh, architects were architecture, uh, but definitely I want to become someone who would uh, create a nice space or a place to spend time for people like my family or even for strangers. I started to see things differently since then. Um, wherever I went, I, I would I would see the buildings, whether those were house for someone else or a temple. So I kept reflecting myself to the architects without even knowing him in a person, wondering what he would, would what he would have thought and for whom he had designed the building. Um, which became my habitat until now. So, you know, uh, back to your question again, uh, I realized that designing a building or a space is an act of caring uh, about other people's lives and uh, how they feel every time they are in the space. Uh, whether it is a building or a piece of furniture, it impacts on how people live their everyday lives. Uh, which shape their life in tons. I think it's such an exciting profession to have for me. Yeah. Mm, it sounds like you were both destined to be doing <laughs> what you're doing. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to ask you, you both studied at Columbia University, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, we, we met at the school, although uh, our major was slightly different. Uh, I studied architecture and Kate was studying urban design. Uh, the entire architecture program was under the one roof in Colombia, as, we, as everyone knows. Yeah. We graduated in the same year and after Colombia, Kate went back uh, in Korea to right away where her family uh, was. And I decided to stay in New York uh, to build my career further as an architect for another um, seven years until I came back to Korea. So, you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about that experience of living and studying in a very different country and a different culture uh, that has a very different architectural and design culture and heritage and language. Um, could you tell me a little bit about maybe some of the lessons that you learnt about, you know, during the time that you were in America and then perhaps also what it was like to go back to Korea and, and settling back into life in Seoul. What was that like? 
For me back then, um, living in Korea and studying in the States are very, very different experience. And um, in terms of education as well, I think studying abroad definitely broadens the way I see and the way I think things. And I think being in an architecture school brought that kind of experience even further. Um, education in Asia back then, when I was a teenager, I, I went to the States when I was 15 years old and I was an art student and I went to the art school in the States in, in Massachusetts and the education there and in the Korea, in Korea is very different. Um, nowadays, Korean education values creative thinking regardless of the fields of studies. But like 20 years ago when I was young, even the art had one right answer. It was more like a student being an apprentice to follow teacher's painting style instead of um, paying attention to my imagination or exploring creativity. It was necessary to have the certain kind of drawing styles in order to get into the good art schools in Korea. But on the other hand, I think the most valuable educational experience from the art school and art architecture school in the States for me was that um, people were valuing about, it's not, it's not just about getting one right answer, right? That everyone already knows, but the process of exploring and building a problem solving methodology was um, considered to be more important. And I experienced what I experienced that the good thinking process could enhance my intuition and made me reach out to the greater insight, which in turn that led to the amazing solution. And I think the process is very important when we design something and I, I still put much emphasis on the process of design when I work with colleagues and, and designers in my studio. I, I think what makes our work great is not limited to how it looks in the end, but the journey to the deeper understanding of the context and how people live and how to translate that into the design is um, the most important thing to do for designers. In my case, living and studying in states, uh, especially in New York, uh, as I said, uh, had been a fascinating experience to me as a foreigner. Um, it's a place with really full of diverse energy and the wide spectrum of culture. Uh, you do get to meet friends and colleagues from all, all around the world. It's not just adapting into one single culture. I got to uh, interact with the whole world in one place. Engaging with various perspectives in the uh, academic context have always been very inspiring for me. Uh, I think one of the most important lessons I learned was the uh, power of the diversity, whether it's about the mixture of culture where diverse uh, characters or members collaborate, collaborating for school projects. The uh, collective energy becomes a huge asset for me as a person in the creative field. Well, I want to talk to you um, a little bit more about the city that you're now based in, in Seoul, which is a city that I grew to love over the time that I was able to visit. Your office is in Gangnam, is that right? 
It is correct. Yeah. So I think, you know, for many people outside of Korea, they've come to know that part of Seoul from a very particular song. Um, and we've sort of learnt what Seoul looks like through, um, you know, television K-dramas and, you know, Parasite, the movie. But I wanted to hear from you as architects, from your perspective, how would you describe Seoul as a city in terms of its architecture and its urban landscape? How would you describe that to someone who hasn't been there? Mm, I think it's a great question. Um, we were thinking, I think the history, actually the history of the city Seoul is quite long. But we had a war in 1950s and everything was destroyed. And ever since then, the modern side of the Seoul was built really, really quickly. And when you come to Seoul, then you'll see the million faces of the city as you spend longer and more time here. And in terms of architecture and urban landscape um, perspective, in, in a comparison to other Western countries, I think we are more open to new developments, changes, and experiments um, more than trying to preserve uh, the things that it's already there. And it, it happens when we agree on that, the fact that those changes can impact our urban lives in a positive way. And of course, in the older center of the soul, the preservation and value of our presentation, I mean, the the tradition is more important. But I think in contemporary districts, such as business districts or the neighborhoods like Gangnam, I think the dynamic energy has been flown by emerging generations and new culture. Like you said, like how you can see from the K-dramas and movies. And the architecture you see in Seoul can seem very experimental. And when I say experimental, I don't mean by being futuristic, but it's more like in a way to respect the tradition and posing a juxtaposition of um, old and new types of gestures are realized in a very, very creative way in Seoul, I think. I would agree with that. Do you want to add to that, Daniel? Uh, if anyone has a, a list, at least one friend who's from Korea, he, she might know that Koreans or People is so work really hard and play harder, uh, like <laughs> us. Yeah, people started to have a great uh, appreciation for food, fashion, and culture for their free times. People put much effort on looking for a space that inspires food and culture with the true stories. Um, uh, people are becoming more sensitive to what they eat, see, and experience, and. Uh, that caused that people to create cultures like old design, old designer, including architects and strong uh, storytellers, are now become really genuine about what we create instead of uh, making something just look at look good in the photos. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I want to talk to you now a bit more about your company, Integ, um, and, you know, when you decided to start working together because you are partners in life as well as partners in work. Um, can you tell us when you founded Integ and how, how the two of you work together? How do you complement each other's skills? Um, 
It was back in 2016 when we started our、um, studio. Daniel was actually working and living in New York, and I was、uh, in Korea. And we had a good opportunity to be together and start working on a good project.、Um, as you know, the Hotel Rise. And that's how the company has started. And back in the time, both of us were very,、um, maybe I should say, egocentric designers and architects. And we had a lot of debates on like what what it should be in terms of like designing a space. And we had a lot of conflicts and discussions all night long, and and come to the agreement in the end. And that actually.、Um, Enhances our、um, design process in the end. So nowadays we never fight and we we enjoy designing together and we don't divide our roles in a certain way. But it's more like、um, working together and and like talking together to create something. That's good to hear. I'm glad you're not arguing anymore. <laughs> <laughs>、um, and so, how would you describe your approach to your work or your design philosophy, if you have one? Our design practice is very research oriented. I would say、um, we try to、uh, keep we we try to find the right balance between being. Rational and being poetic at the same time throughout the entire design process, and in that way, the space become really useful and resonates at the same time. And I think instead of seeking a style, we are more keen on creating an experience for people who will be inhabiting the space and spend some time there through the design that of our space and. We believe that design can change the vision and impacts on how people live, and in order to make that happen in the right way, we tend to become observers and try to understand the existing situations and conditions in the beginning of every project. And this is when the research process becomes very important. And we found unique narratives and DNAs for each project, and. That becomes a starting point for architectural or spatial idea, and with all those our design intention, we try to connect all different aspects of the projects in a linear way, so that the experience becomes cohesive from the user's perspective. And I think one of the fascinating role of architects is that we have an Uh, we are privileged, or we have an opportunity, to compose the series of experience throughout the journey in the space we create, regardless of it being a building or interior space or a piece of furniture. It's always an iterative process, I think, and in that way, we would call it more like、um, designing a space or a building. It's more like、um, composing a music. Or conducting an orchestra with the spatial ingredients for us,、um, as opposed to painting or drawing an image. And in the end, I think the materiality and detailing those materials、uh, are very, very important steps for us. And because those are what actually people sense when the space is ready. And for example, like a centimeter of the height difference. 
or like two millimeters of revealing detailings can create a whole different spatial experience. So for us, I think it's very, very important trying to keep our creative energy alive until the very um, end of the project. We maybe on one of the last occasions that I saw the two of you, we had a conversation at Rise Hotel, um, a project that you have already mentioned, um, where we had a conversation about your work in front of an audience. And I don't know if you remember this, but we were talking about your ability to translate a brand's value into a space, into a physical space. And it's something that I think that the two of you do really well. And I think Rise is a great example of that. And another project that we have published somewhat recently is the HANA Bank project. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit about how you go about translating a brand uh, into a physical space. Can you tell us a bit about that? Uh, yes, uh, we start by trying to have a deeper understanding of the project's innate DNA whether uh, it's from uh, mother corporations who owns the brands or the historic context of the site and program, which becomes their potential narrative that lead to their uh, brand philosophy. A brand uh, constitutes a people's perception before they visit the space. I believe we, as a designers, build the perception uh, through the space. It's, it's uncritical to understand who will experience the brand through the uh, space in order to be able to uh, translate the brand's value into space. So as a designer, uh, we need to have the third eye perspective, a Nikon artist who focus on uh, understanding themselves. Uh, it's still a subjective and personal process for us to strike a balance between what we prefer and what the brands want. That's really interesting. And so is that process that you describe, does that differ uh, depending on the type of project? For example, a hotel or a bank, um, you know, does the process change at all or is it always the same? I'll say the entire process is not very different for each project. Um, we start from looking at project as an as open-ended and start asking a lot of questions like why's and what ifs and and that leads to the different um, um, destination in the end. Um, for example, like we our question includes like why all those luxury houses focus on the lives of only families, not for a single person, and what if someone as a single person want an apartment solely for him or herself? Like those quite those kind of questions stimulate the potential inspiration for us, and its project finds its own way as if it has its own life. And in case of Hana project that you recently published for us, um, we started the project by asking, what would be the role of the bankers and the bank branches in ten years when all transactions will happen online? And what if there won't be any physical money in the bank in the future? What would the bank keep in their vault? All these questions lead to our design solutions and design intentions. And 
different narratives of the project acts as our starting point of drawing a layout and designing with light and materials and selecting all this kind of different um, palettes and detailings. And the material it enhances the tactile experience of the space, and that gives the certain identity to the uh, different projects. And also for HANA project, those questions have had to shape the project's layout, which um, banks never had before, and represented the materials, which are the metal and the blue sands in the space in a very, very different way to create unexpected yet pleasurable experience for people who visit the space. So we like to play around with new materials and detailing in a new ways to make relevancy to each project's DNA. And I think that's what people like about our space when it's done. And when we communicate with the clients, they would become very, very excited when the stories become something tactile and something tangible. And I think in the end of the day, designing a space or a building is always coming down to the fact that we are creating wide spectrums of private and public realm in the world that we live in, whether it's a bank, hotel, or um, like luxury residences. So creating a space to be engaged by people is always exciting. And to see how people use the space we design is actually even more exciting for us. Well, I have one more question for you, and it, it's going back to what Daniel just mentioned, having this third eye. I think that's a really interesting concept because the world that we're living in is changing very quickly. Our, behavior, our behaviours are changing and adapting and technology is so fast that I personally can't keep up with it. Um, and, you know, Seoul is known for a very, as being a very high tech city. Um, yes. You know, I... I wonder how how do you as designers stay up to date with these changes? How do you keep an eye on what's happening to be able to continue to design spaces that are current um, but also future proof or relevant in the future? You know, how, is that something that's in your thought process while you're designing? Oh uh, yes. So we try to have a deeper understanding of the context and situation for each project we work on uh, is becoming an editive process. Uh, previous research helps a lot the next project process and so on in that way, we end up with having a lot of insight and uh, data about the world in general. Since most of the project we work on uh, takes about five years and longer from the beginning to completions. Uh, we always have to forecast five years ahead or even further. Uh, in that way, going after the current trends uh, does not work for us in general. We try to learn from the past to move forward, be uh, proactive about the future. So museum has a lot. Uh, it tells us, well, we are looted to <laughs> And that's why we spend a lot of energy on creative research and building strong narrative to keep up with our creativity and our intuition to inspire the world with the space we design. 
That's uh, that's a great answer. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, look, it's been such a pleasure chatting to you both. I, I really do miss Seoul. It, um, you know, it's it's such an interesting city. There's so much going on, and I think. Mm-hmm. You know, after the success of Parasite and um, and Squid Game, you know, we're all kind of watching to see what's next. So I actually want to ask you one more question, and that is, you know, what what what's the next new Korean movie that we should be watching? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the uh, hard question to us. Okay. <laughs> If you think of anything, let me know. I think we're all More waiting for. Only you personally. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Please do that. Well, look. Thank you both so much. It's uh, it's really a pleasure to chat and to hear your voices again. And I look forward to seeing you in person sometime soon. Hopefully, we hope so too. It's always too um, great to have a conversation about we, with you about what we do and how we think about our work. And it it gives us an opportunity to see ourselves and think about ourselves and where we are and where we are headed to. So thank you for having us today. My pleasure. It's great to hear. Thanks, Kate, and thanks, Daniel, for your time. Thank you.